closing today's first missionary journey from Paul and Barnabas. A uh, bit of a recap. Uh, our title for our message today is Moments for Missions. And as part of our service, as Steve has read, because Anita wasn't here, he, wrote, he read the parts of Moments for Missions from... Uh, the Palmers and about the mission trip that they were on. Our church here does a very good job. I told the church I came from back home that this is such a good idea, you should try it. And they did. They do the same thing. They they have a missionary of the week that they they get updates from and they pray specifically for uh, because it's such a cool idea. We have a very nice missions board down there. Um, if you're not aware, uh, whatever you get it in a bulletin, is there's a fuller version of it down on the mission board if you would like to get more of the details. And I know a lot of you get emails uh, from the Foxes, maybe from the Ewings or the Palmer, so you might get the updates regularly yourself. Uh, but yet, in church, we feel like it's important to spend a little bit of time looking back at what is going on in these missionaries' lives, to, to be encouraged to see what God is doing, because without this, a lot of people would not know what, in fact, was going on. You know, throughout the year, uh, when we have opportunity, we have missionaries show up. You know, usually in connection with Harvest Missions in November, we try to get a missionary here. Uh, we're trying to get the Palmers to come as close as we can in the fall. Uh, and it sounds like if they're retiring, that's going to be a, a good time to hear kind of the end, maybe the completion of, of what their ministry is all about. Uh, but we, we like to hear what's going on in their life. Well, today's message is kind of a Moments for Missions message where Paul and Barnabas finally make it back home. They gather everybody together and they start to share a couple of different thoughts that we're going to look at today uh, about uh, what God did through them and then how God opened the door for them to reach the Gentiles. So this missionary journey that Paul and Barnabas have been on, this blue, or this, this right here, in case you're new today or you've lost track, there's this boomerang looking and this little tail. This is their missionary journey. It took them, that's, a, that's like twelve to 1,400 miles. You know, for us, we can drive that in a day if we really try. Uh, but for them, that took, uh, their whole missionary journey took two to three years. That's an awful long time for them to be away from home. So when they get back to Antioch, where they were sent from, they said, hey, everybody, you've got to come together. You've got to hear what we have to say. To say. They have two thoughts. The first thought I've already mentioned is what did God did through Paul and Barnabas? What did God through, do through us on our trip? Acts 14, 27. It says on arriving there, they gathered their church together and the church came and reported that all that God had done through them. Okay, so they're going back. They're not saying, hey, look what we did. They're saying, what was it that God was able to do through this or through us? And so I want to recap what was specifically that God did in these different locations. Because when we went through it before, we're kind of looking at some of what God did through them. But also, what are we going to do because of what they've done? And there's, there's a lot of value in looking at what God did through them. So the very first thing, the very first part of their trip started in Antioch. There's a group of men praying around the table. And, and there's, it says the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work for which I've given them to do. This is the starting blocks. This is the beginning point. Now, I know we've, uh, we've talked about this before. We've reviewed a little bit before of some of these different slides. But think, imagine if you haven't seen anybody for two to three years. They're gone on a mission trip. And we, you don't have any connection with them. 
And then and they come back, and their church is probably growing. So there's people who don't know anything about Paul and, Paul and Barnabas. There are people who wonder, where did they go? What were they off to do? And so as they're gathering together, they're saying, look, God's the one who put this all together. It wasn't Paul and Barnabas' idea. It was God's. And so everything that we tell you is through the lens of what did God want to accomplish. So the first thing you've got to start with is the starting point of why we even left and where we were even going. So the very first thing they did is they went down to Seleucia, this right here, right below, and they hopped aboard a ship and they went all the way to this island of Cyprus. And what did they do in all these, the whole island? They went from synagogue to synagogue and they were talking to Christians or people who believed in God who didn't necessarily believe didn't necessarily believe in Jesus. And as they were going from place to place, they were saying, uh, God was able to do things through us, and people were willing to accept the message. Now, this is a very boring moment for missions, right? This is very light. I, uh, there are so many details that I'm sure they had that we didn't have. For example, anybody think Paul and Barnabas could have got seasick? That's possible. They probably got those details. When they're going from place to place, how awkward it might have been going into a new synagogue. Who was there greeting them? Who was, whose lives were changed? They're getting this great, huge picture. Kind of like this little bulletin. Gives you just a little snapshot. Even if you read the whole article, you're not getting the whole picture. When you they come to church and they share, you get a lot more of a, a, a bigger picture. But they're going through this island, the island of Cyprus, going to all these different places. And they get to the city of Paphos. And they say, guess what happened there? We were, we were talking to these people and we got brought before the head honcho, uh, this guy by the name of Sergius Paulus, who was kind of the governing official. And guess what God did through us? He's, he, there was this guy who's trying to, dis, to distract everything when we're trying to tell him about Jesus. And so Paul was able to say, you're going to be blind for a couple of days. But that wasn't Paul doing this thing. Look what God did through me. I'm just a normal person. God did something special. And Sergius Paulus, he put his faith in Jesus. Isn't that cool? Isn't that exciting? And these people are hearing this and they're saying, wow, isn't it cool what God did? And we're going to look at some of the benefits of why Paul and Barnabas gave this update on this mission trip. But their, their whole goal is to say, look what God did through us. After going to Paphos, they went up to, um, uh, they went to the mainland to a place called Perga. And something that we did not touch on was a guy by the name of John Mark joined Paul and Barnabas on their missionary journey. Because Paul and Barnabas were set aside by the Holy Spirit to go on this trip. They said, hey, John Mark, why don't you come with us? Well, this is kind of one of those those down moments of a mission of a moments for missions report, because at that point he bailed. And we don't reading that. It doesn't seem like that big a deal. But when Paul wants to go on a second missionary journey, him and Barnabas part ways because there's such a frustration or they disagree so much on taking John Mark with them that they go two separate ways, two separate people with them. So this is a very big deal. And so I'm sure there's this sharing with the church in Antioch how how that hurt. How much it hurt to have this guy we took with us bail like not even halfway through the trip. He says, I'm done. And he heads back home. I'm assuming he hopped aboard the ship and went right back home on the way that he came. So after that, they, they went up to the, to the next place. Uh, 
They went up to Pisidian Antioch. And while they were there, they were sharing Jesus with mixed results. There were some people who decided to follow Jesus, and there were some people who didn't want it. But they're saying, look, there are people getting saved. This was a valuable mission trip. We did not have a 100% success rate. That would be cool if they did. But they, they succeeded in some, and they failed in others. But there were people who put their faith in Jesus. But then we got ran out of town. How difficult that was for them. They got, there was, uh, there was the, the people who ran them out of town. There was people who didn't want them there. Or maybe I, I sped up a little bit. Uh, no, they, they did. It says they got expelled. And so they moved on. They went to Iconium, part four of the seven-part trip. It says they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Gentiles believed. Now, why did all these Jews and Gentiles believe this message? Was it because Paul was so dynamic of a speaker? You know, he, he, he could wow the socks off of people, like it looks like we, we could use today. He, he could do that, but it wasn't going to save anybody. It wasn't, he, he couldn't make this, he could try to say everything this guy needed to hear, but it wasn't going to save anybody. And so he's not taking credit for it. He's saying, look what God did through us. We went out. We had courage. We talked to people that we didn't know. We shared Jesus and people wanted it. That's God working through us. That's not us ourselves. But they, they, they got wind that there were people who wanted to mistreat and to stone them. So once again, they had to go. When they got to the next place, in Lystra, he tells about how there was a cripple who was lame from birth. Pretty cool. This guy didn't stay that way. Paul was able to speak and say, get up and walk. Now, if I was to say, hey, get up and walk to somebody who is crippled, nothing is going to happen. They're going to laugh at me. <laughs> like, who, who do you think you are? Paul, by himself, all he's giving is just words. You know, words are cheap. You can say anything. But with God working behind them, they were able to accomplish something amazing. And so they're saying, look what God did through us. We're giving God the praise. We're giving him the glory. It was something that God did and not we ourselves. They move on. Um... Uh, they, they uh, I guess, let me stop here for just a second. This was where Paul got stoned. He got drugged out of the city and left for dead. That doesn't sound a whole lot like to, to, to be uh, getting excited about God doing something, but God kept Paul alive. You know, I don't know how many people get stoned and live through it. Usually you're stoned till you're dead. And so Paul was able to get up even, go back into the city. He had people help take care of him before he moved on. And Paul's saying, I didn't get up on my own. It was God who kept me alive and allowed me to do this because he had more for me to do. And they went on to Derby. And it says that the next day, and said he preached the good news in that city that he won a large number of, a number of disciples over. There was a great amount of people who got saved. Once again, not because of Paul, not because of Barnabas or anything that they could do or say themselves, but it was only because of what God did through them. And they want everybody to know that it was them, that it was God working through them and not they themselves. And then they gave the recap. 
instead of their, their, their shortest distance between two points is a straight line. Last week, they're right here. They, they, they got to almost home free. They're at Paul's hometown. They, all they got to do is go around this little edge and they're back to where they started from. But instead, they went back all the way through the lines, Dan, like we discussed last week. And they were, once again, they're sharing. There's people that are still believing you guys. We, we went through this. We went through all these terrible things. We shared Jesus. And we went back through. And all these people are still believing. Isn't that cool? Their faith remained. Their faith was strong. And we we're able to appoint people to, be, to, to make the, the ministry continue. You know, kind of like what the Palmers are trying to do, right? They're trying to leave. Somebody else has got to step up in order for that ministry to keep going. Paul and Barnabas were able to do that. They were able to point elders to keep the churches going in these different places. That wasn't Paul and Barnabas. That was, that was God working through them to, to do all those things. And they're giving God the credit. And now they have the whole church gathered together. They smell potluck cooking. Right? They know that as soon as they're done talking, we're going downstairs to eat. And, and they're, they're listening. And people are... are Really excited about what it was that God was done through them or what God had done through them. Now, I think it's important for two reasons that they shared all this with everybody. And it's part of the reason why I recapped again what I feel like I have recapped all the way through this missionary journey was two reasons why uh, Paul and Barnabas gathered the church together. One is that they wanted to give God the glory. God did all this stuff. God kept them safe on their boats. God provided the food for them while they ate because they didn't get sent out with a whole bunch of money from Antioch. It just says they got sent out and people prayed for them, which prayers are good, but you can't, you don't typically eat off of prayers. Somebody's got to do something and they went and they were tent makers most likely because later on you find out that Paul was a tent maker, but God sustained them. He kept them through all of this and they want to give God the glory. Through it all, because God's the one who did all the work. You know, when I do something, I like to get credit for it. You know, God does something, He deserves the credit for it, because He's the one who did everything. Paul and Barnabas were just the good messengers. They did like the salesmen, they went to where people were at, and they, they spent time trying to explain and persuade people to buy the product. And then they left. They let people make up their own minds if they did not want it. But their, their, their whole purpose through this all was not to say, look at me, I did anything. Their whole purpose was to say, look at God, because he did everything. He's the one who made all this happen. So no, the first reason was they needed to give God the glory. And the people of that church needed to recognize that Paul and Barnabas were just regular people. Because it's real easy to look and say, wow, you healed this guy. I can never do that. Or wow, you did you preached and gobs of people got saved and you survived getting stoning. Man, you must be something amazing. But they were just people flesh and blood like you and I are. It was through God that this was all possible. And all these people needed to know that. The second thing that I think was of value was that everybody who was there was uh, it encouraged the faith of the believers. It encouraged them, first of all, the fact that God was able to God was able to work in people's lives because they didn't see these people for two to three years. They have no idea what's going on. They don't have email communications like we do. I mean, we I could talk to the missionaries every single day, practically, if I wanted to. 
because they have email. It's no longer waiting for a letter once a year. It's no longer waiting for a missionary to show up to give you all the details. You guys remember days like that? You grew up in a church, this church. I know it was that way back home. Yeah, we have missionaries coming, and I don't really don't know anything about them. I know that they're in whatever place, but if I don't do any research, I really don't know. But they come, everybody comes together, you have the potluck, everybody gets excited to hear. But then it's like, goodbye, I'll see you in five years. Well, I've, now it's different. Now we get to hear every day if we want to what God is doing through them. But it was, it was good for them to be encouraged because they did not get regular updates from the missionaries to say that, look what God is doing around the world. God is working. Right? They might see that God's working there or they might feel like God's not really doing anything. It was important for them to say that God is working everywhere. God is doing stuff. He's alive and active and well. He's doing things. It's not, it's not just in our little town. It's everywhere. But it also, I think, encourages the believers that God can work through them too. You know, I, I, I feel like that. You know, God's working in other countries and he's working through David Jeremiah. And he's working through other missionaries. But God's not only using the famous preachers. He's not only using the Sparkses or the Foxes. God can use us too. You know, it's just for us, it's a little bit easier. Because they, some of those missionaries had to go to a different time zone. You know, you got, that's a big change of life. You got to wear different clothes. You know, you got to get used to different foods. I think about the, the ones in Japan. Like, ick, I don't think I could survive there. I couldn't handle that. But they, they, they were able to do that. They had to get specific, more specific training. I got to learn a new language. I got to learn uh, more, be more prepared Bible study wise. But God's not just using people willing to do that. If you get up this morning... And look in the mirror, or tomorrow morning when you get up before school or before work and look in the mirror, that person that you see, God wants to use that person too. God wants to use you even if you don't leave Plevna, or you don't, even if you get on an airplane and go on a trip, God wants to use you. It's just easier. You get the comforts of your own home and your own bed. You, you know the culture really, really well. You, you don't have to go through gobs and gobs of training to understand the, the customs or anything like that. Now, I will tell you that when we moved from Davenport, there's not a huge difference, but there's enough of a difference between there and here that it took some getting used to, to, to understanding basketball, right? Because basketball there is like not that big a deal. It's important, but it's not that big a deal. But there's, there's, I didn't have to live through like the, the cows season, like the, the calving. We all, we had wheat instead of cows, you know, and there's just, there's so many different little things that you add up and it's like, wow, this is a different culture, country music, you know, compared to like Toby Mac, you know, there's just a different, yes, Toby Mac. <laughs> But there's a difference. But you guys are already here. There's nothing too new to learn. And if you want to say, I want to be better equipped to uh, reach people for the Lord, you don't have to go to, you don't have to move to Texas and go to a seminary. You don't have to get online and, and do stuff. I mean, you can. You can go through all the Bible's training you want. But you can get online and look at a bunch of free resources and answer all the questions that people are going to ask you in your own comfort zone and to share Jesus with people. So it, it encourages the people of that day that God could use them and I hope that when you hear these things you don't say wow that's amazing I wish that was me or that will never be me I hope you say you know what I think God could use me too 
Because even if you're not in the bulletin as the, the missionary of the week, you still can do things for the Lord that, um, that they're doing. You're, you can share Jesus with people. You know, a lot of these missionaries don't just go door to door, Jesus, door to door, Jesus, door to door, Jesus. What do they do? We have doctors. We have nurses. Yes, I'm not a doctor or a nurse, uh, but these are just normal people living everyday normal lives. And as they have opportunity, they bring up the name of Jesus. Your job, your school, you can every day find opportunities if you want to bring in the name of Jesus. God can work through you. You can be encouraged to be used just as they are. So that's the first reason um, or the first thing is they wanted to make sure that, uh, that everybody knew that it was God working through them. It wasn't themselves. That's not where all the, the praise and the honor went. It only went to God. The second thing they want them to know is that the God had, what God did for the Gentiles, how he opened the door for the Gentiles to hear the faith. Now, when I say the Gentiles believed, I bet a lot of you hear that and you go, big deal. What would you expect? They're telling people about Jesus. Well, it is actually a big deal because there were a lot of Jews of that day who didn't go to tell the Gentiles about Jesus. They went to the, to the Jews, to the Jews, and a lot of Gentiles got left out. And Paul is kind of excited at the opportunity to go and tell the Gentiles because his goal is to, tell, to share Jesus with people who have never heard the name of Jesus before. Talk about a bold person. Go somewhere with this brand new start and to share Jesus, but that's what he wanted to do. So we can look at this open door of faith for the Gentiles two different ways. The one, the first way was that he now had the opportunity to share. The door was open for him. It's okay for him to go and to share his faith with the Gentiles. He started with the Jews. He says, we had to speak the word of God to you first. We had to go on the Great Commission is go to the start Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So they kind of followed that pattern. We went to a community. We told the Jews first. The Jews didn't want it. He says, fine. Good riddance. I'm going to go and tell the Gentiles. The door was open. It was, it was, he was capable of going to share the Gentiles, uh, to, to share the faith with the Gentiles. Now, a lot of Gentiles, they didn't think very highly, or a lot of the Jews didn't think very highly of the Gentiles. All they were were just more fuel for the fires of hell, which that's, that would be us, right? All we're going to do is just keep hell going, hot and hot and sassy for the next bunch of general, uh, Gentiles to come in. That They didn't care about them. In Acts chapter 8, uh, Philip the Ethi, uh, preached to the Ethiopian eunuch. So there's a few people who were willing to go talk to the Gentiles. Peter had to be convinced himself that it was okay. You know, remember the sheet that was let down with all the different animals? And through that, God was saying, you know what? It's okay to go talk to the Gentiles. They, are, they can be clean just like us. And, and uh, Peter says, I now realize that God doesn't show favoritism, that he's willing to accept the Gentiles as well as the Jews, as long as they put their faith in Jesus. But this was a long time coming. It was a process that they had to grow through because they themselves didn't look at the Gentiles as anybody that God really wanted to save. Uh, you see up there, Acts eleven nineteen, in connection with the, the stoning of uh, Stephen, Jews fled. I mean, they, the persecution came. They hit the highways and the byways, and they went everywhere. But they were just sharing the message only to the Jews. 
But God wanted the Gentiles to hear the message as well. And Paul knew that part of his job, which we'll look at uh, next week, I believe, is that we are supposed to be a light to the Gentiles as well. So the door is open. The opportunity is there to go to speak to the Gentiles. But the, the best part is that the Gentiles did, in fact, receive the gospel. That's exactly what Paul wanted to do. He says, the Gentiles heard this, they were glad, and they honored the word of the Lord. And all who were appointed for eternal life believed. And so all these people of this church in Antioch, probably all surrounded by Jews, are saying, isn't that awesome? There's Gentiles who are getting saved as well. Someone else can tell them, but they're hearing the name of Jesus, and they're believing this. And so it's exciting for them, because everybody needs Jesus. Right? Jesus wasn't just for the Jews. It wasn't just for this nationality or for that color or for this social class or this economic class. Jesus is for everybody across the board, no matter what you've done, where you've been, what you look like. Jesus is for everybody. <clears throat> you know, um, it's kind of exciting when you think about Paul and his missionary journey. Because a lot of the places that he had the most trouble in Iconium and Lystra, uh, he goes back to those places. And we find out that on a second missionary journey, he picks up one of those guys, a guy by the name of Timothy, uh, to, to go with him on a second missionary journey. And he later sticks him as a pastor in Ephesus. And he tells him in 1 Timothy 1.3 that I left you in Ephesus to kind of straighten some things out and appoint elders and things like that. But you see that this wasn't just a one-time passing through and Paul's leading people to the Lord. You see that their faith grew. People accepted the gospel. They were sharing the gospel. This was living and active. Uh, Lister and Derby are in the, the southern part of an area called Galatia. Guess which book of the Bible is related to that? Galatians, right? So Paul is writing back to these people. And so these are churches that are established and they're growing and they're, and, and Paul is telling these people about this. Look what God is doing. He did it through us, but it was him who did it. Be encouraged. Go out there. Live out your faith. God wants to do something through you too. You might feel like you're the most incapable person. Like, I don't, I'm not a good speaker. I, I don't know the words to say. I, I'm not accepted by people. It doesn't matter. You get out there and you do something because God uses anybody who's willing to be used by Him. Moments for missions. It's a great part of our, of our service, uh, of, of reading a little detail about these people. And I'm bringing this up one more time uh, because I want to encourage you that we have missionaries out there. You know, I, at some point, uh, if we weren't doing reading through the Old Testament this year, making that kind of a focus, I, w I was thinking about what we should do is have adopt a missionary. You know, give, make everybody in church pick a missionary and email them and keep in contact with them and just like bond with them because they're out there in a world, in a mission field all by themselves. Even though there's people who are contacting them, they could always use more support. And so I would encourage you, since we're not doing an adopted missionary thing right now, why don't you connect with one? If you need an email address... I can help line you up with that. But have a relationship with them. They're out there probably half the time feeling like they're all alone. They need support. You can pray for them. You can financially support them. You can email them. We, we, I want you to take advantage of this resource that we have. Paul and Barnabas were two and three years away from people. We can be like minutes away from each other just through the beauty of an email. But I also want to encourage you that 
the missionaries, they're, they're, when they come to show up and listen, you know, they're, they're stating this is what God did through this. Look at what they're sharing through this, through the bigger report that they give, through what they say, they uh, share at church. It's an opportunity to give God glory because as cool as the Sparkses are or the Foxes or the Palmers or any which one of those people, they did not do it on their own. They didn't, they didn't lead anybody to the Lord on their own. They, they didn't get this Hydro Project done on their own. It was only through God. And so I want to encourage you to give God glory. Say, thank you, God, that you did something through these people. Obviously, we are not going to go do that. I'm not going to move from Plevna. I don't know anything about hydroelectricity. I don't speak a uh, different language. I'm not going to go eat seafood. right? But I can give God glory that those people were willing to do that and God accomplished something. But also know that God can do something through you too. It may not make it into the bulletin. It may not feel like it's wow and awesome by comparison. But that doesn't matter. All we can do is what God is going to do through us. Just be that willing person. So I just want to encourage you, let's support our missionaries, let's give God the glory because of what He does through them, and be willing to be used by God ourselves. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for Paul and Barnabas. I thank you for their faith that they had to get out into the boat, go across seas to new places, to meet new people, to share Jesus with them. I thank you, God, for what you did through them. Uh, that people's lives were changed. That we could look and see, with even with Timothy, that you... Uh, took his faith and you used him to reach others for the Lord. God, that there's nothing that happens in vain. God, I just pray that we would be encouraged to give you the glory, God, for what you've done, but we'd also be willing to do what you've asked us to do, whether it's something here in Plovna or whether it's going uh, to a school and going to become a missionary, God, because we talked about last week and um, briefly saw it you know, through the day with the Palmers that it's time for somebody else to step into that place and to take over. And I know, God, the harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. Let us be the church that stands firm to the end until you come back. But let us be a church that's willing to be involved and active until we take our very last breath to do what it is that you've asked us to do. I just pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.